0: You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Well, welcome back, everybody, to the Oz Network. This is the most exclusive coverage of the third watch. we into the final season for season six, the fourth episode. This one's called Obsession. It was directed by Stephen Craig, written by Siobhan Byrne o'connor aired on the 15th of october 2004 we had a two-week break between this one and last week not not like these episodes where you're getting them from week to week and it's an interesting one because uh, again we're not watching dead watch this week we're watching criminal minds apparently so uh <laughs> here we go uh my name is ben and just because i like to wear women's clothes does not mean i'm gay it's called cross-dressing there is a difference you moron
1: <laughs> oh man i don't even know how to follow that up what's up everybody my name is Darvell and Yep. Welcome to, an- welcome to another third watch. Oh, I'm sorry. Is this our first recap of Criminal Minds? I yes, forgot.
0: Apparently it is. Um, yeah, this is really where we switch gears and season six it up and really kind of have a detective central focus and everything. And look again, it's not the worst thing in the world. not right? that it doesn't work. Yeah, like look, it, it, if you take this for what it is, it's enjoyable. Um, I mean, it's kind of like this for the next three weeks, I will say that. Um, so, you know, between this week and the next two episodes, it's kind of, you've got what you've got. But again, it's just the tone shifts of this show, because then all of a sudden we switch focus and get to Davis and Sully and Father stuff, and yeah, it just, you know, it just doesn't want to make its own mind up this season, so anyway, um... We open up though, Darvel. what do you think we're going to open up with? Come on now, we're four episodes in, we've had 100% ratings. A
1: montage!
0: A montage to kick things off straight away. What a surprise. And we get the song here, uh, Anna Johnson, We Are. It's actually not a bad song, I believe it was on the Spider-Man 2 soundtrack, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, But this montage is kind of odd, because we get sort of shots of Jokers getting herself up in a nice looking uh, outfit, ready to go to work, the first day as a detective. we've got creepy shots of pizza boxes with cockroaches and all this graffiti on the wall that says bitch and whore and we got lips with black paint on it. A zoom in on a camera. We've got uh, Munro on a computer uh, ignoring Davis's phone calls. Um, <laughs> there's like a lot going yep. on here. We've got Sully randomly looking at um, newspaper clippings of Davis's dad getting shot. There's a photo of Sully and a guy that's meant to be Davis's dad, and a young guy that's meant to be young Davis. I swear the most recast person in all of this show is Davis's dad. <laughs> because, like, I swear, every single time we get a scene with him or a photo or something, is a different actor. So just pointing that out. Um, and it all kind of crescends uh, uh, with a big moment where we've got a guy in a, a wife beater. That's inappropriate, isn't it? Sorry, a singlet uh, pointing a gun to his chest. It fits. Uh, and then we see up on the wall... The big words that say "why" and then bang and blood splatters all over the word "why," and then we cut to our opening credits. So, that's our setup for this episode, Darvel. Uh, a weird montage. I'll say. Hmm. I mean,
1: what? What? What's the con- I mean, yeah the the dro- the cock the cockroaches, the pizza boxes in the apartment. Yeah, that's the, obviously that guy's apartment. And bitch and whore and all that. Yeah, the guy is obviously right. But where do... Okay, Faith, yeah, Faith is a detective. We get the connection there. But, I mean, come on. The scenes of, you know, Monroe at the computer and Sully looking at old clippings. Okay, how does that, how does that fit into setting up this episode?
0: I think because it's, it's just shots of the guy's apartment, of this creepy guy in the video. So it's kind of... And I, well, I, I guess the the those
1: is, yes, I'm I'm talking about Sully and Monroe.
0: Oh well, I think their scenes. I think it borders down to kind of what we said last week about sowing some subtle seeds about what we're going to get later on. Um, and <coughs> I mean, I, I think we, we get a scene in this episode, don't we? Of Finney basically going off at uh, that's CT Finney going off at Monroe about not finding any information, right? So I think kind of you yeah. Know, as best as they're trying to do and continue a storyline over multiple weeks, I think they're just trying to throw in a few bits here and there whilst, you know, realizing that they're focusing this episode on basically criminal minds. So, um, I think kind of that's the, the best of what they're trying to do with it there, so to speak. So, um, yeah. Um, (coughs) so we come back from the credits and we've got, um, Yoko's approaching Emily, because kind of the only way she can really see her is by stalking her outside of school. And haven't we come full circle in our own character development here in Darville, where only two seasons ago, every time Emily came on screen, I fucking cringed like, ah, Emily. But kind of got to say, she's okay in this scene, and you're almost hashtag Team Emily in this scene, I think, the way kind of she yeah. it. Great job here by Bonnie Dennison, because... Basically, Jokas is checking on her and, you know, how you've been, and then she's basically saying, like, hey, I was so upset that you didn't come to my ceremony the other night, and Emily's just basically like, well, hey, like, you know, how many empty seats that I have to look at over the years? You know, it's not a good feeling, isn't it? Um,
1: and so many- tell, you the tr- tell you the truth, I cannot really blame her for that statement.
0: Yeah. And, like, you just, you hear Emily there, like, you know, saying, like, hey, like, I don't want to be in the middle of this. Like, you know, kind of, you know, think about what I'm going through here, and, like usually this would be me saying, oh, Emily's being so selfish, but, like, you kind of do have to think here and, like, yeah, we're sort of recycling the storyline of Yokus never being there for the kids, I get that, but honestly, if I have to think about kind of how this all plays out, had this been season three, maybe? Like, if they had, a, instead of just recycling this every season, like, Yoko's is never there for the kids, oh, God, rather than resolving it all the time by trying to show that Fred and Yokus are happy, do it earlier on, make them divorce in season two, season three, and then kind of go from there rather than having them, oh, make up. Oh no, I'm sad. Oh, make up. Oh, I'm sad. And then finally get to season six and like, oh, guess what? Fred's cheating on you, Faith. And uh, now the kids are in the middle of all of this. So yeah. They would have been in the middle of it regardless. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, or oh, here's an me, idea. Not have this at all and have them remain happy for the entire season, but <laughs> doesn't happen like that. Uh, Munro's at her apartment. C.T. Finney shows up and kind of, you know, come on, you've got to get to the bottom of this. I've got no information. And kind of, Munro, this is kind of where I guess you eventually get a bit of, you know, sympathy for Munro, at least they're trying to do, because Munro's all like, oh, I only did this because I was trying to stamp out corruption. I didn't want to be involved in this. And then, you know, C.T. Finney is basically like, you know, Cruz is a cancer. You know, you've got to get to the bottom of this and blah, blah, blah. I feel like C.T. Finney is the voice of the audience with this whole against Cruz storyline, you know? Like, here's the audience trying to get rid of Cruz and then the writers are kind of trying to like, no, 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 wait, don't get off on of Cruz yet, we're going to redeem her completely. So <laughs> yeah, that's kind of why I think that, that he is there. Yocas, um, meanwhile, shows up to work as a detective. She's working with Jelly and um, I do kind of... Like Oh, actually, I should just back up and say that C.T. Finney did threaten Munro by saying, like, get Yolkis to talk or your jacket's on the internet. There you go. We'll just cover that. Um, yeah. Finney giving uh, Yolkis the rundown, uh, you know, your job's always to make the coffee. See the uh, Subway Series mug over there? That's mine. <laughs> and then kind of within two seconds, you know a good place to breakfast? And she's like, yeah, I know a place. And uh, Jelly's like, all right, welcome to the squad.
1: <laughs> only jelly, jelly. O- only jelly would ask that question, you know a good place for breakfast, yeah, only jelly would ask a would ask a food related question like that,
0: Come which, which again, this just goes into like from the get go when I've always said just I love jelly, like he's just random, he's very New York, like he's just you know so much about him that you just gotta like, um, and just little subtle moments like this i just I really appreciate jelly, so anyway. Um, we're in the locker room, um, Finney is taking over Jokas' locker, uh, Sully goes off, uh, Davis goes off at Monroe, everyone's going off at everyone here, everyone hates each other at the moment in the locker.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, pretty much.
0: (laughs) So kind of there's tension, uh, and then I, I do love the way Davis is kind of, you know, trying to stand up, um, for Finney or whatever, and then he's basically like, kick his ass, I don't care. (laughs) <laughs> so, <laughs> kind of walks out. We get a great seat here with Jelly and Jocus in the car. She's obviously stalking out, um, her uh, Fred's mistress, and kind of just the way Jelly just kind of like you know microwave bacon, you know, just so you know, I don't eat fast food. <laughs> um, that's a <laughs> that's a surprise. But I, I like the way kind of when he's like, oh, this is one of the perks of the you know wearing the badge. We get to eat at better restaurants, like. Come on, I know you kind of said you didn't really like Jelly when he first came, but you got to love Jelly in these moments here.
1: Yeah. Yeah, still has a chip on his shoulder, but as as, as it progresses, yeah, it does work.
0: Um, and Faith stalking out Fred's girlfriend. like This has been a long time coming, hasn't it? Uh, no. No, you don't think so? You think Jokas wouldn't have done this earlier when she found out that uh, he was cheating on her?
1: oh i thought you were asking i thought you were asking has she only just started doing that i was like i was like no she got a glimpse of her last seat not last season last episode i
0: guess my question is like you felt that as a cop or kind of you know when you find out your husband's cheating on you that uh she would have done this earlier that was kind of my point oh yeah Mm.
1: yeah except i mean with everything that happened right after that she really didn't have time to do
0: that True. That's a good so. point. Um, yeah, I didn't think about it that way. Uh, good job. <laughs> um, so- I, mean, with, I mean, with everything that happened after the big reveal from Fred
1: of oh, I met somebody. I mean, I mean the 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 bomb in the funeral home, Bosco's mom getting injured, all of them at the hospital, the big shootout. Uh, she Fred's mistress was the last thing on her mind at that point.
0: Good point. Good point. I I rescind my complaint. Uh, <laughs> uh, drop mic, Darbell moment. Um, so we have Sally and Monroe. They've been called to a domestic, and we're kind of—it's almost a throwback, isn't it, with the way Dave, uh, Sally's like, "Oh, you know, no good day ever starts with a domestic." We had that back, like when you know, uh, Mondays, like uh, back with uh, season one. No with- oh, Mondays. Um, yep. So they're called to this domestic. And basically we find out that it is a, a fight between a woman who's found out that her husband is a crossdresser. Um and I kind of I love this couple just like they're back and forth they're such great actors and kind of the way he's complaining about her club feet nothing fits and um you know <laughs> they're kind of having to separate them and everything and uh what what does he say like you know did did she did he hit you and she's like god no and it's like did she hit you like no <laughs> um and then so kind of Come they want on, to no go god. outside and separate them and then He's like, you know, can I go outside and change, please? And then as he's walking off, uh, Sully sees that there's some blood dripping down from the ceiling, and then they're going to run upstairs, bust down a door open, and they've found a stinker. Uh, there's a guy dead on the floor. Just want to back up quickly, and just with this scene with the, you know, this great couple, sort of the fighting over the cross dressing. Do, do you feel it would have been handled a little bit differently in uh, 2019 than it was in 2004? Like, I don't think it's disrespectful. I mean, sort of Sully has a bit of a like a look on his face, like, oh my god, what the hell are we dealing with here? But um, I don't know. Like, I kind of feel that it's handled well, but it also might have been handled slightly differently when I guess this is looked at differently in 2019 compared to 2004. If you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, and actually I, I was thinking about that when watching it. I was like, hmm, how would this have played out today? Yeah.
0: It would be interesting. We can't answer that unless we have a time machine, but we don't. But anyway, um, so yes, we've found the stinker. This is our uh, guy from the opening montage, you know, the one who's like shot himself. We see all the writing on the wall, bitch, and everything along those lines. Um, Sally becomes a bit of a jerk in some aspect when he's like, we've got a possible DOA here. Um, so, and he's, and Monroe's kind of like, possible, like, this guy's dead, and he's kind of like, no, let's get a uh, little, uh, junior up here to get his very first, uh, taste of a stinker. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I
1: love, I love you, Sully, but that was a dick move, and it was. Yeah. It was.
0: I mean, I, I kind of find it entertaining, though, like, don't you?
1: <laughs> I do, yeah, but, come on, ask yourself this, would he have done that if that, if the, if if Brendan's last name wasn't Finney,
0: no, of course not, absolutely not. <laughs> but I also like the sort of the reactions we're going to get here to, um, you know, the paramedics and everything as well. So um, Grace and Carlos show up and kind of, you know, we get a bit of, you know, you and Holly sitting in a tree.
1: Ooh, <laughs> um, yeah, that 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 age-old kids song that we all used to, that we all or or chant because it wasn't really a song that old that old kids chant that we all used to do. You know, back when back when we were back when we were little, and we thought that we were, and and we would make fun of each other because because of a because of a crush or whatever.
0: Mm. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, throwback. Did go ahead. Well, th- I was going to say this is a stupid question, but uh, <laughs> did anyone ever do that? Did anyone ever do that with you? Tease
0: you like that? No. Because I was perfect Back when you were a kid All my relationships Were genuine Darvel. They all lasted very long And people knew They were all serious um, Yes Plenty of people did that um, I did that Everyone did that Yeah No I'm with you there Yeah This um, person
1: this person Sitting in a tree
0: <laughs> Oh my gosh So we got Grace and uh, Grace and Carlos Rush up the stairs uh, Davis and Finney show up And I just I love the reactions Of like Carlos and Grace As they go up inside They walk in Two seconds later They walk back out and they're like, yeah, dear, possible DOA, dear nice try. Um, and then they just kind of like walk out. And then we get like this like little moment between Grace and Finny because they've both walked up the stairs and sort of Sally's like, oh, but you signed up to be a cop for all the glitz and glamour, didn't you? Um, and then Grace and Finny share a little glance at each other. Grace has a bit of a smile and they both check each other out and they walk off. Now, I'm sorry, like... Grace and the Grace and Finney relationship is the most obvious relationship you can ever have in Third Watch. You've got two brand new hot young people, and why don't we just hook them up? Like I've gotta say I'm on board for the most part with most relationships in this show. There hasn't really been a relationship that I've ever been anti you know, against. That is what anti yeah, means been. Yeah. Um I'm not completely against them being together. It's just it's just so obvious. Like that they're gonna set these two up. You know, and, like, again, it's season six, you've only got one season to develop these characters, so we're kind of, as we talked about in the very first episode, like, they're always kind of on the uh, ropes of it being the final, the final. so, you know, kind of we've got to get these things done quickly, but, you know, like, why couldn't Grace have hooked up with Carlos for an episode or two? Why can't Finny hook up with Holly? Like, you know, I don't know, like <laughs> just have a few things here and there uh, before getting these two together. The, the key to a... Uh, relationship that you are in, you know, attracted to in a TV show, a lot of the time it's is the how... will they, won't they, and kind of the tension between two, and this is just resolved yeah. in what like a week or two when they fuck.
1: Yeah, pr- prime example of a good of a g- good great great example of will they, won't they, and we we've mentioned this before, Eddie and Jamie on Blue Bloods.
0: Yeah, I mean Kim and Kim and Jimmy on this show. Um yep, you know, even too. Bobby and Kim in the first like you know half of season one. Um
1: Yeah. I wouldn't and I will say this, even though I love how well Kim and Jimmy were developed over the course of the series, I wouldn't have minded seeing Bobby and Kim, Bobby and Kim together.
0: Yeah. But like I mean, you know, you think of other you know, I mean obviously the I I would argue the granddaddy of it is Ross and Rachel. Um others would argue when Bruce Willis and Sybil Shepherd were in moonlighting, um, you know, Mulder and Scully in the X Files, like you know, so many elements. We can sit all day talking about like kind of how they're done, but it's kind of goes back to like the reveal of Monroe as a, um, a, you know, an a IAB person. They reveal it so quickly and kind of just go through it. And I know we're jumping ahead here. They've literally just shared a glance with each other. They haven't, you know, had six minutes in heaven in the bathroom in the toilets, or whatever that game was called. Yet, but like, um, yeah, like it's just kind of it's just obvious to me that they're going to set up. And even later on, when Grace is like, "Who is the cop? The one with the eyes." Like, oh, come on. Um, <laughs> but So we've kind of got Finny here. He's uh, vomiting up his first stinker. Um, and we've got Jelly. As,
1: and- as as Davis did.
0: Yeah. Jelly and Yoko's uh, going around the apartment. They discover the video camera. They start playing some of the footage. And we see our uh, guy for the first time on the tape. We've got the gun. He's covered in paint. Um, and, yeah, this is Ethan Surpley, who, again, as I mentioned last week, probably best known for My Name Is Earl. Um, at least that's what I best know him from. Um, but, uh, yeah, plenty of other things. I mean, you look at IMDB, says he's best known for American History X. He was in John Q. He was in Chasing Amy. He was in Mallrats. Um, you know, one of these everyman actors who, again, just has been in so many different yeah. things. So um, I think it's great the kind of... You can't argue, Why would he- I think, with some of the guest stars they have this season. Like, not that we've ever argued with a lot of the guest stars, but the fact that we've got him in this show. I mean, y- you know, I think even like next week, uh, and you know, obviously in um, Greatest Texts in the World, mainly when we've got Chris Elliott, who I think is kind of a good get. So, um, oh, he was. Oh, he would
1: if he if he plays who I think he plays the uh this the serial killer. Spoiler alert yeah, from those yeah. two episodes. He was brilliant yeah. in, in that.
0: And I think it's kind of like going back to when I was talking about Aidan Quinn. It's like you get these actors who are well-known in the fact that you know who they are, but you maybe not know their names. And, I mean, look, guest stars in this season, you know, we're, we're going to have Wycliffe Jean and Helen Mirren in this season. So, you know, you can't argue over the quality of guest stars that you do have. But, uh, yeah, right. I think kind of... just Ethan Serpley does his role very, very well. It's the most... Um, interesting role I've ever seen him play because he kind of always plays that dumb aloof kind of character and here he is playing this you know obsessive person hence why this episode is called um, Obsession Obsession. so they watch the video obviously they watch him kill himself Um, and yeah like this is we mentioned this slightly last week with Jokus all of a sudden becoming a detective and kind of taking to it a little bit too much like you know, she's kind of saying things like, oh, you know, I think, and then kind of, you know, Jelly's like, you're a detective, don't think. Um, And then, basically, uh, Jelly kind of just wants to give up on it, and like, hey, this is just a suicide, whatever. Um, But then, you know, is like, no, maybe we should watch the tapes. Maybe we should do this, maybe we should do that. It's kind of like, again, like, how long is Jelly being a detective for? Like, I get it, you're on a job for a certain amount of time, like, you just assume one thing and walk off and, you know, go have lunch. But, like... Again, at the same time... Especially if you're jelly. (laughs) Yeah, but, like, at the the same time, it's kind of... I don't know. Like, there's just something about Yoko's becoming a detective that I felt like she needed to have more development as a detective because you think about it. She's thrown into this week. She basically solves a crime and he's perfect at it. And then next week and the week after, she's going to be thrown into another thing where basically she solves a crime and is perfect at it. So, like... There's just not a development there. I I feel like she should almost be like a Finney on the first day of the job or a Davis on the first day of the job. There should be a lot more mistakes and things like that made, if you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, except... I don't know, it's... If that's the case, if if she should be a a newbie making mistakes and stuff like that, then honestly, I think they should have paired her up with a different detective. Mm. Because Jelly... He kind of, like with this. I mean, it's obviously you know he just he just sees the tape. Uh, well, you said this. You know, he sees the tape. Like, oh, it's a. Oh wait, I, I was going to try and do an impression of him, but I need to work on it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's a suicide. Let's clear this up and go eat, hmm. or or so, something like that. It's, oh, he's. Not willing to put in the work.
0: Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, again, that goes back to the point where I think it was like, he's been on the job long enough that he's automatically like, oh, this is a suicide. We don't need to do anything more. Um, And I guess kind of the the, the polarizing opposite there is, you know, Yoko's first day, she's going to do everything she can. She wants to investigate everything. So I guess in that argument there, like, yeah, like that's showing that she's a bit naive and kind of, you know, but I don't know. There's a middle ground there, I think. But I don't know. I, I think my, the way I could sum it up is that if you were watching this, if the, this this episode was the very first episode of Third Watch you ever watched, you would assume that you wouldn't know that this is Yoko's uh, first day on the job. You know what I mean? Like, take out that yeah. scene of her showing up in the whole coffee situation. So, anyway. Um, so, yeah, she takes the box of tapes, leaves... Um and then kind of, you know, she apologises to Davis and Finney that they've got to wait there and, you know, Davis like, you know, it's okay, it's not your job anymore. Um then this is the scene in the ambulance where uh, you know, Grace is all like, Have you ever seen that guy before? Old blue eyes or whatever it is. Um <laughs> Carlos is obviously going off about, you know, how dumb do they think they am, thinking that, you know, they're gonna leave me with a stinker. Um Jokas is watching uh the tapes. Um, Davis uh, with Finney, um, you know, saying you did all right, and then kind of talking a bit about their fathers, a little bit about that, and then kind of, you know, Finney obviously mentions to Davis that our dad used to work together and kind of Davis is like, oh, I didn't know that. Um, So, you know, again, sowing the seeds for what's going to be this uh, Mm -hmm. build-up. Jokas is still watching the tapes. We're seeing that this guy basically... um, He's met someone, he's fallen in love, she's so beautiful. And you want to know the weird thing about this? And maybe I don't hate it as much as maybe, you know, because it's just a criminal minds episode. And just bear with me because I'm going to kind of sound freaky at some point because I'm not going to sound okay. so freaky that I want to kill someone. But like, I actually really empathize with this character so much because I have been on his side of things a lot where you're kind of. Got a lot of strong feelings for someone, and the feelings aren't reciprocated. So, kind of like, I think what.
1: Oh, we all have.
0: Yeah, but like, I think kind of what, you know, Evan Serpley, uh, sorry, Ethan Serpley does so well here is portray that. And one thing I will definitely commend this episode on is that for such a, uh, I guess, I don't want to say a crazy character, but someone who, you know, is, at the end of the day, he's so crazy that I just said not crazy, and I called him crazy. Good job, Ed he's so disturbed that the only way he can find out to get out of his situation is to blow the woman up that he likes and then kill himself. I feel you still empathize with this character a lot throughout this, you know, and feel sympathy for him a lot through this episode. Of that's well, for, for me, that
1: for me, that's a little, that's a little harder because I mean, I, of course, I mean, I've been, I've been rejected before. Again, we all have, And, and yeah, and yeah, it sucks. But to me, they're, to me, they're just, there are other more constructive ways to, ways to, handle it oh i don't know how else to say that
0: can't disagree with that absolutely i mean no i'm not saying that the only way to resolve situations like this is to kill yourself and send your person a bomb no (laughs) um but like i I don't know i i I just feel like they do enough with him that you kind of can feel some sympathy for him so
1: yeah um... like like another another show another show i like um and i know i've I know you know of it even if you've never actually watched it. Law and Order Special Victims Unit. Mm-hmm. Um a few years back they did an episode about based on based on a guy who um who killed a bunch of people um because he was never because he was never able to get a he was never able to get himself a girl basically that's what it boiled down to. Look him up the guy's name was Elliot Roger. Um the but SvU did an episode based on that, and the way the guy, the way the guy portrayed the um, perpetrator in the episode, and it wasn't the same guy, but it was based on him. Um, I actually felt kind of bad for him because, I mean, I couldn't condone what what he was doing, but I understood it because here's a guy who sees who sees that kind of thing happening all around him. You know, ha- you know, people. People, people together, you know, they seem all happy together and stuff like that. And here he is wondering when or if he's ever going to get that. And I mean, when watching that, I was like, I was like, you know what? I know how that feels. I know how that feels to see that happening all around you and wondering when or if that will ever happen to you. But come on, pal. There are other ways to handle this other than going out and rape and trying to rape girls.
0: And look, again, I can't disagree with anything you're saying, but you know, like you can, yeah, I think they kind of do a good job though. It kind of towing a line between, yeah, you shouldn't be doing this buddy and feeling sympathy. like there's one particular scene too. I think when like he's, he's lifting his shirt up and he's kind of all like, you know, who would want to love me and kind of like, you know, I've always struggled with my weight and you know, I know exactly how that feels. Like I've, I've had that exact, you know, sense of feeling in my life as well. So, um, and
1: and cards on the table with me i've struggled with that with regarding and i'm not saying this for sympathy i'm saying this because it's the god honest truth i've struggled with that i mean i mean i have i have a i have a girl i have a girl now as you know um but in the in the past you know i've struggled with that with regards to the fact that i can't see
0: hmm. yeah we all who, we all have who would our, want that we all have our um Things that we're you know low self esteem and self confidence about. So even yeah. people that we look at and we think are the most beautiful people in the world, they have their own issues too. Like you mm-hmm. know, unless you're unless you're Kim Kardashian, like <laughs> you know we all. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm
1: pretty know. sure she has some underlying
0: issues. Well, I could name a few right now. Um, but <laughs> do tell. <laughs> anyway, Joke um, is watching these tapes. Jelly comes in, wants dinner. Um, I do like jelly of the way he kind of, the way jelly says like, you know, I'll tell you how it ends. Um, <laughs> and then kind of, you know, Yoko's just like, you just ate, like, you know, oh, I eat enough. Or what is No, Yokos says, I eat enough. And he sort of walks off, you know, broads. Like, <laughs> I don't think you're going to get away with that in 2019. But, um, uh, no. this, this leads us into another montage. <laughs> like, God damn it. We've got two montages in an episode. Uh, same song though. Uh, and it's just kind of Yoko's watching the tapes and taking notes and um, obviously not a lot of crime happening in New York at the moment. The uh, one job the detective has is to watch videos over and over again on a first day. Um, So then it kind of all cuts, you know, this is when Yokus sort of leads into it and realises this is when he's starting to get a little bit crazy, you know. You know, he didn't see me. Sorry, she didn't see me. Gave some skinny guy flowers. You know, it's like somebody put a knife right there. And then this is where, you know, she says, like... Well, you know, kind of through the tapes, like, you know, he's even saying, like, you know, I don't even have to have sex. You're like, you know, I just want to hug her and make her feel special. And then this is where all of a sudden he says, like, you know, you know what has to happen? She has to die. And then kind of like, this is where Jokas obviously is like, well, hang on a minute. Like, this, like, maybe he's killed someone. So, Jokas basically is like, you know, let's look for some missing people. Um, Jelly's kind of like, look, hey, you don't even know that this is real. Um, and Yogi's know, like, no, there's something <laughs> odd about this, and you know we're learning that she's now great. Motherfucker, with kids.
1: you didn't even watch the tapes. Come on,
0: <laughs> we're learning that she's great with kids, and you know, kind of things like that. Um, and even like you know the way that we've got this guy on tape basically saying, you know, like I'm, you know, I'm gonna kill myself. You know, I'm sorry about the mess. I left some money on the table. Um, and then they realize that they're missing a tape. Um, so. Basically, it's all bordering down to the fact that they think he's killed someone or is about to kill someone, and they need to find this person, but they've got to try and find um, the tape, essentially. So, um, I mean, look, I'll I'll get to the whole plot hole around this storyline about sending a bomb, um, because there's a huge plot hole when it comes to this, but I'll I'll get to that. Um, Davis, meanwhile, questions Sully about... um, you know, like, hey, you never told me that, uh, you know, our dads, Finny and my dads work together. Um, and, yeah, kind of, Sully's being a bit coy about it, doesn't really want to tell him anything. And then basically yeah. Finny takes him away. So then Sully's getting a little bit worried, you know, obviously, like, son of a bitch, like, he's starting to piece some things together. So, and this is ultimately what Sully was worried about from the get-go, of, hey, I don't want these two partnered up because, you know, things are going to come out. So... Yeah. Yeah. I mean again, like going back to what I said a few times, I think it's it's a great way of uh setting these things up. Yeah. You know, the the slow burn of setting these things up, which again is a is a compliment uh on this season. Yes. So um yes, cause, cause this this setup, it works. Yeah. Absolutely. Um So yes, we then have we're back at the apartment because they're trying to find this tape that is missing uh, because you know Jelly's kind of like, oh, maybe he had the day off. And obviously, Yoker's uh, is like, no, he is meticulous. Like every day, same time, he did this, he did that. Um, and then they basically find out um, that what does what, um, what does Jelly say when she's kind of trying to uh, imply that there's a missing tape? And Jelly says like, oh, I'm going to need more than female institution. And he's kind of like, Intuition <gasps>
1: And, 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 Faith corrects him. She's like, she's like, she's like intuition. Yeah. And, and of course, and of course, Jelly's like what, like whatever, like brushing, like brushing it off, like no big, d- yeah, there, there's another thing that would not fly today.
0: Yeah. Cause he, <laughs> that, that always, line, it would not work today. He's always dropping the broads thing. Like that's his kind of go-to line. Um. As they're going through the apartment still, Jelly then all of a sudden realizes that, hey, these tapes are like three hours long. I'm going to rewind it. And this is where we get the big reveal that uh, our dear old friend on the tape uh, he has got a bomb and uh, he's going to send a bomb off, essentially, to uh, the teacher. Now, well, we don't know if she's a teacher yet. But or who she is. Word. Yeah. So Whoever got, she is, yeah. Next, we've got Yokus in Roll Call um, telling everyone about it. They don't want to go to the press because, you know, it's too broad we've just got a description. <laughs> Uh, of, like, a, you know, a redhead and, you know, she's in this area. Uh, The bomb is set to explode when open, um, and, you know, this is what you've got to look out for. Now, look, there's a glaring plot hole in this storyline, like okay, how many days has it been since they found this guy in the apartment, right? And even then, how long has this guy been dead for? So, hypothetically, let's say he's a bit of a stinker, so... I don't know, Uh, the blood was dripping out of the thing. Blood would drain out eventually. Let's even say three days since he's killed himself, right? Okay. And then they found his body, and let's say two days have passed. So hypothetically, five days have passed since he's done this. Why has he sent this package off five days later? And isn't it a little bit convenient that it's going to arrive on a day when they're hunting for this. Like if he was really wanting this, wouldn't he send it off like same day delivery or something like that on the day that he kills himself to be effective with this? Like it's all way too convenient that they've essentially gone out of their way that this is going to arrive on the day that they just happen to be investigating this.
1: Yeah. I mean, if not that I would ever, 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 ever do anything like that, but if I were him, that's what I'd do, send it. Send something like that same-day delivery.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Anyway, uh, so we kind of get a... It's not really a montage. It's just sort of like a mini montage. You just get lots of shots of everyone, all the cops canvassing the neighbourhood and, you know, still watching the tape, Yokus and Jelly, and then kind of... Yokus is in front of a chalkboard and he's basically like, hey, like this, you know... Let's take a look at these days and times. He always records at the same time every day. Uh, you know, she's never at these. She's never at school on these days and blah, blah, blah. They basically come down to the fact that she uh, is dropping her kids off at school. This is, like, going to be the big reveal. So then they look at, you know, how many schools in the area and they find one school in the area. And, of course, they, you know, just conveniently happen to discover this just as school's about to finish. Um, so they all rush off to the school, and you mean, do you think they could have called the school first and warned them to close it off because, like the cops all arrive, like ten thousand cops arrive outside the school? she's gonna panic kids, she's gonna panic the everyone in the neighborhood, and then you know it's kind of eventually revealed that she's not a parent, she's actually a teacher because Yokus happens to see. Uh, a red-headed lady standing in front of a drawing of the American flag, which kind of goes back to the drawing that this Aaron guy had drawn on her, drawn of her. She's holding a box, a package, conveniently. Um, she's all scared. Jokas is basically like, you need to give me the box. Um, and then Yokus calmly walks away with the box and puts it, uh, I guess, on a basketball court. Um, and there's a great, sh- like a great shot, but a weird shot. Then when she puts the box down, the camera kind of pans up above her, zooms out, and she runs away from it. Uh, and then, look at that, save the day. Yokus has uh, done that. And this is all on a first day on the job, or a first case. So, yep. um, you know, she's doing well, isn't she?
1: <laughs> I would say so.
0: And, yeah, case solved. Uh, again, criminal mind solved at the end of the day. And the, I guess the only difference is I don't need to arrest someone because the guy who did this has already mur- murdered, him, or murdered himself, killed himself. So, yeah. Um, Yeah, there's that. Um, Then we have uh, the locker room scene at the end where Finny is kind of like, oh, no, that Yocas has got some balls. Um, And then, you know, kind of saying all that sort of stuff. Um, And then Sully basically to Davis, uh, as Davis is still questioning him about what happened with their dads, Sully's basically like, we worked anti-crime a long time ago, end of story, and then storms out. Davis is all disappointed, of course. Um, and yeah, Jokas and Jelly have a little bit of a conversation here. And then, um, Jelly asks Yokus, you know, who was the woman? Uh, you know, my, and then she tells him about how it's Fred's mistress. And then Jelly's like, I was married once. Um, she was porking the delivery guy. Uh, you know, <laughs> and basically I've been there faith. Nothing good would come of it. Um, so yeah. Uh, and then we kind of get, yeah. Jelly walks good off. Good moment then, between them. Yokus rings up somebody, obviously, she's had someone in the department, you know, get some information on her, and finally, all that sort of stuff, so, you know, there's that. Then we end the episode with Davis waiting for Munro, and um, Davis and Munro make up, and basically like, hey, yep, cool, you know, let's go back to my place, you know, I'm sorry for everything, you know, when I'm not with you, I'm thinking of you, and I really like you, uh, then, you know, Munro's basically like, hey, um, you know, if I'm going to be with you, I can't break the rules, um, they kiss outside and um, then means they have got to go have sex. And then just conveniently Munro has to put something in the bin and, Oh, here's another pointless end of an episode where there's got to be a massive cliffhanger. Uh, because as she opens up the bin, there's a dead body in there, uh, with a note on it that says for Lieutenant Miller, I'm not going away. Ba-ba-ba! plot twist, tune in next week. Um, I like, Ugh, why do we need this, Davil? Why do we need this? <laughs>
1: because they are trying to keep as many viewers as possible at this point.
0: I know. But but it's just, come on, come on. on. Reveal.
1: Let let that scene, the, the scene. Let close the episode with Yokus um, talking on the phone and all that. Open the next episode with this scene of Ty and Sasha. Yeah and then and then you know them talking and all that maybe extend it a little bit have have sasha go to throw her throw her trash away and then they then they see the body then cut to the opening credits
0: for the next start the next episode like like that yep completely agree couldn't agree more that's what you do but no we got this anyway so oh well it's gonna make us watch next week i guess but uh that's Obsession, uh, Criminal Minds season 6 episode 4. <laughs> um,
1: yeah. Yeah, and th- this was the season before Criminal Minds premiered actually. Oh, the okay. 405 Criminal Minds
0: was inspired sp- by this episode then.
1: <laughs> Maybe. I uh, cuz there were um like there were I recall I recall seeing promos for Criminal Minds as far back as the spring of 05 and that was like I said, that was long before Criminal Minds actually premiered.
0: Hmm. Well, there you yeah, go.
1: Criminal Minds premiered in September of five, and yeah, there were a lot of promos for it well before it debuted.
0: The one thing that I mean, I think I remember I like Criminal Minds. Seeing the promos of Criminal <laughs> Minds, and the shocking thing was that um, I used to watch uh, Dahmer and Greg. I don't know if you ever remember that show growing up, and um, um, vaguely. Well the, the the shocking thing for me was the fact that uh, the guy who played uh, Greg, Thomas Gibson, uh, was then in Criminal Minds and of course like you know, I'd only ever seen him in sort of like a comedic role, and then he all of a sudden here he was in a series role. So that was to me the, the, the shocking thing kind of it. And like... he was he Go ahead
1: Oh sorry. Go ahead. Okay, okay. I, I was just gonna say he I was just gonna say I loved him in that role. I loved Thomas Gibson as Hotch.
0: It's kind of like the first time I remember when, um, I because I never watched Breaking Bad from the beginning, but obviously I got into it eventually. But like when I first heard about it, and then you see Bryan Cranston, and you're like, okay, how from Malcolm in the Middle is playing like a meth dealer, like what? Um, so anyway, um, when we, we, we've had this episode, case in point to show that a comedic actor can play a serious role, Ethan Serpely did a great job. So, um, I am renting this episode, Darvell. I think kind of it's like, it's it's it is what it is um and it's got some good stuff it's got some bad stuff and it's just not third watch but like again the next 3 weeks are kind of all the same in some aspects it's just kind of their their own beast so yeah i'm renting this
1: episode yeah. yeah i'm renting it also
0: awesome i have this at 105 out of 118 episodes that i've ranked at this point so um I mean that just goes to show you, I think, kind of how many buys we've had in this show. That like for a rent to kind of be that low. <laughs> so yeah, uh, but next week uh, the hunter hunted, uh, which kind of look you you sort of had a brief conversation with me saying that in some aspects we should maybe air this one and the greatest detectives in the world back to back as kind of a two part. And I can see why, but. At the same time, I mean, there's just so much of that this season that you could almost argue, let's air them together. And I would, at the end of the day, argue that realistically there's no two-parters in this season, uh, except for In the Family Way and Medical Investigation part. But, um, yeah, we're not going to air any back-to-back episodes on the same day except for that one. So even the L word and the other L word, which you would argue is a two-parter, because um, they're yeah. also called very much the same thing. But um, I mean, in that instance, you could have monsters and more monsters airing directly <laughs> on the same day. So, yeah. But um, so we've got um, a bit more Miller next week. He's working with Yokus all of a sudden. Um, Finney and Foster have a moment in the bathroom. Uh, there's a sort of a weird moment with an ambulance and a gun and everything. Uh, yeah. And we end on another weird cliffhanger. So. Yeah,
1: uh. <laughs> yeah, we do, and and uh, no, I'll I'll wait to rip into this to rip into this uh, the serial killer character that we're going to get for the next couple episodes. I'll wait to I'll wait to rip into this ruse of his when we actually get to talking about it.
0: And I'm kind of excited that uh, the director next week. Uh, I'm a big fan of the director next week. Not really because of their directing ability, but the, more so their acting ability. Uh, so, I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit more next week. But in the meantime, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe to all the relevant channels. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, we're plugging along our way through here. Dreaded Season 6 of Third Watch, and we're doing quite all right so far. My name is Ben, and uh, this means we've got to have makeup sex, right?
1: In your dreams.
0: <laughs> my
1: name's Darvell, and. Oh my gosh. I thought I had a quote, but I didn't. So, as usual, thanks for listening, peeps. See you next week.
0: Thank you for listening to The Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at OZNetwork.net.